Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from multiple locations in the San Gabriel Valley of sunny Southern California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead people to Jesus, a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you and opens your heart and inspires you to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. Hey, Real Life Church, God bless you. It's Pastor Jim. It's good to be with you here in the new year. Welcome to 2023. Let's make sure we all correct that on the things that we've already written wrong. Uh, God bless you this year. I'm so thankful uh, for the beautiful Christmas services and all the help that you all put into that, all the volunteers who took part, everybody who attended and brought a friend along. Our Christmas services grew again this year, and so I'm thankful for that. Uh, And it was a a beautiful time to worship together. I hope you had a, a restful a couple of weeks. I hope you joined us online on Sunday, last Sunday. And here we are back in person again, uh, live and ready to go. God bless you over on the Glendora campus. Uh, Happy New Year's over there. Let me hear you say Happy New Year's on the Glendora campus. Again, I can't hear you. That's not how cameras work. But it's good to see you. Uh, Good to be with you. Uh, And uh, I'm I'm thankful for 2022. I don't know if you you do this, but I look back over the year that has been, uh, and I give thanks for all the good things that happened. We started a pantry this last year that's growing expansively. We started a cancer care ministry. That's a ministry that's grown and is is doing a great job caring for people in need. We opened a second campus, as you Glendora folks know. Uh, We're worshiping in two places now on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., Uh, uh, and then uh, online at 10, and again here at Valley Center at 11. But uh, thankful that we opened that campus over there, and we have a thriving preschool over on the Glendora campus as well, and uh, students waiting to get into that school. So uh, such a good 2022, and I'm thankful for all of you who helped make that happen and helped be a part of real life and be the church. Um, As you know, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, if you're here or if you were following on the podcast at reallife.la, you know that I mentioned that the Oxford dictionary named its word of the year for 2022. And the word of the year, it was actually two words. It was goblin mode, which they defined as that that season of life in which you're so exhausted and so depressed that you just hole up in your apartment and you don't go out and you live in a complete mess and you know it's a mess and you just leave it that way because it's easier than dealing with it. And that was their description of 2022. Uh, And I get it. But I have a word for you for 2023. This is going to be the word of the year at Real Life Church. The word for the year of 2023 here at Real Life is going to be blessings. And in this next season, we are going to learn ways to become empowered by Jesus and by the Holy Spirit to become a blessing to the world. God wants to bless you so as to make you a blessing to the world around you. And so I have a a tool that I'm going to place in your hands today And uh, we are going to talk about what it means to live life as a blessing to the world around us. Take a minute and pray with me. Jesus, I thank you for this new year. And I thank you that you have plans for us that we do not see yet. And I thank you that you love us and your plans for us are good. I thank you that you long to bless us, that you have greater gifts for us than we would expect or hope for. God, for anybody out there who lives with anxiety that they are not good enough for you or for other people, Jesus, I ask that by the power of your spirit, you would embrace them this morning. Let them feel in the core of their building how loved they are. 
And Jesus, may that love flow outwards from us to make the church what the church is supposed to be, to make us a, a body of love and faith and power and send us out in the world to bless the world in the name of Jesus. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts this morning be pleasing in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So if you've been with us for a while, you know that late in 2022, we started reading through the Gospel of Luke. We read the Christmas stories from the Gospel of Luke, and now we're going to go back to Luke right where we left off. Uh, but there's a, there's a new season in the text. There, there's, a, there's a pivot in the text that we're, that we're coming to because the opening chapters of Luke are all about what a surprise Jesus was. He, he stunned everybody around him. The people from Nazareth who knew him growing up were surprised by him. The religious teachers were surprised by him. The people that he healed were surprised by him. His disciples that he called were surprised by him. Everybody is surprised in the Gospel of Luke. Finally, Jesus is surprised when he witnesses faith in other people. Now we're going to come to a season where he begins to send people out. He tells a parable that we're going to read today about a God whose heart is to spread his love to lost people. And a God who calls disciples to himself to send them out to love and to bless lost people. Real life exists to lead people to Jesus, to be a community of grace with a God-sized vision for every generation. We exist to love and to bless lost people in every generation, to invite them into this community of grace. And you're gonna see now in the Gospel of Luke how Jesus laid the foundation for communities like this one. We're going to start out by reading uh, a parable, a very famous parable of Jesus. If you grew up going to church, you've heard this one before. Uh, if you're new to the church, because I know there are new people visiting every week and people who are not yet, are not yet followers of Jesus who want to know more about Jesus, this one may be a new one to you. And it requires you to, to decipher it a little bit. Jesus tells a parable that's initially a mystery to his listeners, and then he unpacks it and explains it. So open in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 at verse 1, and we're going to read a story from Jesus that is uh, traditionally called the parable of the sower. Here it is. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him. This is the 12 disciples, the 12 men that he called to be his inner circle and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, or Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. And that's important because she's married to the guy who is close to the king of Judea. So Jesus' activities are actually uh, not far away from the center of secular authority, uh, the center of... Uh, uh, Jewish authority, actually, in, in Israel. And Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, this is not just a parenthetical comment. This is important because Jesus has called into his inner circle women. And that would have been radical for a Jewish rabbi of the day. This shows that Jesus was radically affirming of women in his ministry. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. Now here it is, famous parable of Jesus. See if you can figure out what it means before Jesus explains to us what it means. A farmer 
went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some of it fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some of it fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop, a hundred times more than was sown. Okay, so Jesus tells this parable and put yourself in the shoes, in the sandals of a first century listener hearing this rabbi, this important miracle working rabbi tell a story. Now the fact that people have seen Jesus work miracles, the fact that they are probably going to him either to be healed or to witness him healing people means that the weight of his teachings are all that much greater. When they hear this parable, they're not thinking, well, farmer Jesus is telling us how to go out and grow crops. They're thinking this profound and powerful rabbi is teaching us something that's mysterious. What could it mean? When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And that is the Hebrew Old Testament way of saying, I-Y-K-Y-K. If you know, you know. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. That's a way of saying, if you know, you know. And if I know what I-Y-K-Y-K means, it's not cool anymore, kids, so stop hashtagging it. I've deciphered that one, come up with something new. But this is I-K-I-K. This is, this is uh, the Hebrew way of saying, Jesus is quoting a, a phrase that's often used in the Hebrew scriptures, which is a way of saying, if you get this, get this. This is important. It, it, if, you're, if you're in the know, you should understand what I'm talking about. So now he's told this sort of mysterious farming parable and he says, this is of critical importance. So you can imagine standing in the sandals of a first century listener going, wait a minute, what's this about? He just said that this was very important. His disciples now pull him aside and ask him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that, quote, Though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. Now, to us, that sounds really weird. It sounds like Jesus is saying, I speak in stories so that people won't know what I'm talking about. And you think, what kind of teacher is that? People are supposed to understand what you're talking about. Shouldn't you spell it out for everybody instead of being all mysterious about things? Well, this is actually a quote from the prophet Isaiah chapter six. And it comes in a passage where God calls Isaiah to be a prophet, a powerful messenger to the people. And God says to Isaiah, essentially, Isaiah, you are their last hope. You are the last hope for the people of God because I'm so frustrated and so heartbroken at a people who have rejected me and turned to false gods. You are their last hope. Isaiah, I am sending you to preach to them one more time so that if they continue to ignore me, if they continue to reject me, they will be liable for their negligence. They will be responsible for ignoring me. Isaiah, I am sending you so that although they hear you, if they choose to ignore me, they will be 
liable for not hearing you. And if my people refuse to listen to me and continue to turn to false gods in a sinful life, I will lift back my hand from them and see if their false gods will protect them. And off into slavery in Babylon, they will go. That's the message that Isaiah brings, and that's exactly what happens to the people of Israel. They have ignored God for too long, and frustrated and heartbroken, he tries one more time. But he says, if you ignore me this time, I will allow you to have things your way. Romans chapter 1 says God's worst punishment for us is not a lightning bolt from the sky. That's Zeus. God's worst punishment for us is to give us exactly what we want. And, and so Jesus quotes Isaiah, this passage in which God is heartbroken and frustrated to say, I'm trying one more time. Listen to what I'm saying. This is of critical importance. If you have ears to hear, listen to this. And the reason he says that is because this is a parable about people who are not getting it. He quotes Isaiah at a time where a prophet was sent to people who were not getting it willfully. And Jesus is now telling a parable about people who are not getting it. But for the disciples, he now unpacks the story and he explains it to them. So Luke will pass on to you and I an understanding of what the parable meant. So here he goes. Now he's going to unpack it. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Uh, and, and honestly, this absolutely happens every time someone becomes a Christian. I have never seen a case where somebody stepped across that line and said, I want to follow Jesus, where there wasn't immediately some disruption or temptation or crisis that tried to throw them off track. If you today say in your heart, I want to follow Jesus, and it's the first time, I've never done this before, but I'm gonna take, take a step across that line. There are dark forces in this world that will try to stop you. Uh, my staff has taken to calling these speed bumps. Every time we launch a new ministry, every time there's a new uh, ministry initiative to reach more people and to love more people in Jesus' names, there's always something that happens. I remember at a Christmas Eve service uh, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, five seconds before the Christmas Eve services started, fully packed house, the entire soundboard went out. It had had no problems before. There was no explanation for it. It absolutely went out. We couldn't do anything at all to get it on. The only thing that saved us was that we have two worship spaces here at Valley Center and somebody ran into the other space, grabbed another soundboard, brought it down here and we had to wing it with an entirely new soundboard. Uh, we started 10 minutes late, so not bad. But every time there's any significant step to make the name of Jesus known or to affirm Jesus in our hearts, there are speed bumps. And we call them speed bumps because we wanna reinforce the fact that Satan cannot stop us from getting where Jesus wants us to go. He can only slow us down. So he puts speed bumps in the way. It only stops you if you let it. If you commit yourself to Jesus and say, I don't care what happens, I'm gonna follow Jesus where Jesus wants me to go. The obstacles that were stopping you become speed bumps, not dead ends. Uh, every time I see somebody take that step across the line, that's what happens. So that's what happens to the, the first seed that falls on the path. It comes and gets stolen. Secondly, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy and, then they, and when they hear it, but, uh, 
excuse me, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Now, Jesus may well be referring to persecution because in 65 AD, Emperor Nero, Caesar Nero, the ruler of Rome, began persecuting the Christians. Uh, Domitian would continue the persecution of Christians late in the first century, and it would continue on for about 300 years. There were those who had heard the word and embraced it. It's, It's amazing when you start to follow Jesus and you realize how loved you are, and Jesus starts to improve your relationships, and maybe he blesses your work life and your finances, and you start to think, this is great. But then real challenge comes along, and you're put to the test of whether or not you're really committed. And at that point, some people give up and walk away. That has just happened in a critical kind of way in the American culture. Uh, According to the people who do research on the church, about one out of every three church attenders in America have stopped going to church since the pandemic. Most churches are at 50 to 80% of the capacity they had in 2019 if they have not already closed their doors, which many churches did. Understand the significance of this. One third of the people going to church in America stopped going to church in the last three years. That might just be a statistic in your mind right now. But understand that is a spiritual reality. That's a spiritual shift in the culture and climate, not just of our country, but of our world. That's significant. There are less people praying every week. There are less people worshiping every week. That's going to change the spiritual climate of our world in a way that has not played out yet. There are are those who are like soil that receive the seed and receive it joyfully and it begins to spring up but they don't make sure it grows deep in their lives. They don't commit themselves to a a, a habit of weekly worship. They don't commit themselves to a life of prayer. They don't learn the scriptures and it, it doesn't take root. And when a hard season comes along, they bow out. I'm not talking about the people who are are now worshiping at home online because for their health, they need to do that. I'm talking about people who aren't worshiping at all. I'm talking about people who have tuned it out. I was listening to a pastor on the East Coast preaching against only attending church once every six weeks because that's apparently what's going on in his church is that most people are coming once every six weeks or so. What happens to your body when you exercise once every six weeks? That's what happens to your soul when you only worship once every six weeks. And and that has now become a spiritual shift in our world, the consequences of which have not yet played out. Here's my hope. Here's my prayer. My prayer is that you and I are having an experience like Gideon, the leader of God's people in the book of Judges, who is told by God to whittle down his armies smaller and smaller and smaller before he went into battle. It's not a good battle strategy. But by making his army smaller and smaller and smaller before he went into battle, when he went in and won, it was clear that God had done it. And if the church is distilled down 
to a faithful remnant who will put Jesus first in all things, then when we change the world, Jesus will get the credit. That's my hope. That's my prayer. But be warned, as you start to follow Jesus, immediately start to put down roots because times will come that will pull you away from it. Um, There's a a famous Christian author uh, over 100 years ago, G.K. Chesterton, and he wrote a book called Orthodoxy. And if you haven't read Orthodoxy, you need to read Orthodoxy. It's a brilliant book. He has a hilarious sense of humor, and it reads like it was written yesterday. It's a beautiful, readable book, Orthodoxy. And it talks about the Christian faith. And he says, he has this famous line in it that he says, there's a thousand angles at which a person can fall down. You can lean a little too much to the left. You can lean a little too much to the right, forwards, backwards. There's a thousand angles at which you can fall down. There's only one angle at which you stand up straight, right? You're either standing up straight or you're falling down. And, and when, we, when we take a stand on Jesus, there are dark forces in the world that will try to push us off of that stand. There will be persecution that tests us and and tries to shove us off of that stand to scare us away from the faith. You have to dig down deep roots so that you can stand strong. Look at all the palm trees that we have in Southern California. They can get whipped back and forth in these torrential California rains. And they don't fall down because their roots hold them strong and their bodies remain flexible. The minute you start to follow Jesus, Get to know the scriptures. Read the gospel of Luke. Commit yourself to a life of prayer. Get in the habit of weekly worship. You need to set down roots because times of testing will come. Okay. And now third, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. Now, this one is different than the other ones. Uh, this, one, this one's a curious one. The other two seeds die. The stuff that lands on the path is eaten by birds. It's gone. It does not spring up. The stuff that fell among rocks springs up, but then it dies. This one doesn't die, right? The one that's choked by weeds lives, but what happens to it is it doesn't bear fruit. The, the curse of this third seed is that it's fruitless. If the dark forces in the world cannot steal your faith away from you. It will at le- they will at least stop you from spreading it around. They will at least stop you from multiplying. And, and the way we do that, if, if dark forces can't push us off of orthodoxy, they'll pull us off of orthodoxy. They'll tempt us off of it. They'll say, don't you want the desires and wealth of the world? Aren't you afraid of the anxieties of the world? Come over here where you'll be safe. They try to lure us away from taking a strong stand on Jesus. Have you ever thought about the fact that the only thing that, it requ- that is required to give you a fruitless faith is too many choices? The wealth of the world, the desires of the world, uh, a busy work life, too much to do to have time for Jesus. The only thing that it takes to give you a fruitless faith is too many choices. There was a, a famous uh, handball player named George Quam. Uh, and he was famous because he only had one arm. He, he had his right arm, his left arm was missing. Uh, and he went and he played handball and he started to get really good at it. And he beat all of his friends. And then he started to compete and he started to win competitions. And he won five regional championships uh, earlier in the last century with only one hand. 
And he was once interviewed and he said, how you're playing against guys who have two arms. Presumably their balance is better. Presumably they have, they, you know, they have more options to hit the ball. Why, why are you winning? And he said, it's easy. When I run to get the ball, I don't have to choose which hand to hit it with. They all have to choose. They have to pick. Am I going to hit it with my right hand or my left hand? I don't have to go through that decision process. And that's why I'm winning. More choices sometimes pulls us away from our mission. Have you ever thought about the fact that the only thing it takes to make you have a fruitless faith is too many choices? And the desires and wealth and anxieties of the world will give you too many options out there and pull you off the mission of living life for Jesus. That's what happens to the third uh, batch of seed that falls uh, among the weeds. Uh, and I think that is the greatest challenge for American Christians today. And then fourthly and finally, verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. There's, there's that seed that lands among good soil and it's fruitful. The, year of two, the word of the year of 2023 here at Real Life is gonna be blessings. And I wanna put a tool in your hand today that helps you to be a blessing to others. Over on the Glendora campus, they're gonna hand out to you a little blue card that's called our blessings card. Uh, it's got graphics on one side and on the back, there are five steps and eight blanks. Here's what we're gonna do with these. You're gonna pray in just a minute. And you're gonna ask God, who do you want me to love and bless this year? And you're gonna write eight names in those eight blanks of people you know, particularly people who don't know Jesus yet. And you're gonna to seek to bless them this year. You might say eight's a lot. You introverts out there are having a panic attack. You might say eight's a lot of people. Eight is just two families of four. If you can't fill in all eight blanks, that's fine. Put in those blanks whoever God tells you to put in those blanks, right? Shoot for eight, get as far as you can. There, there are five steps listed over on the left-hand side of that card. First, firstly, pick the, pick the eight people you're gonna bless this year. Secondly, pray for those people. This is the easiest thing in the world to do. Just begin to pray. God, I want you to bless that person. God, I want you to reveal yourself to that person. God, I want you to give me opportunities to care for that person. Pray for that person. Then seek ways to creatively bless that person and be generous with them. Send them a, a note or a text or an email and tell them that you're thinking about them, that you care about them. Buy them a gift out of nowhere, not for a birthday or any particular reason. Say, hey, I was thinking of you and I saw this and it reminded me of you. I, I picked this up at, uh, at uh, the store for you. Uh, do, do a favor for that person. Do something that you know they need and that they, they need help with. Find creative ways to bless the people that you're praying for. Uh, after you do that, seek to invite them to church. Seek to invite them into our community here. Uh, if they're a kind of person who has a compassionate heart, invite them to serve at our pantry and invite them to serve in one of our ministries. Uh, if, they, if they like parties, invite them to one of our barbecues or one of our, uh, our big uh, parties that we regularly have throughout the year here. Uh, invite them to worship. Offer to pray for them and invite them in. And then finally, Seek to be a model of Jesus to them in their lives. Let them see in you something otherworldly. 
Let them see a kind of grace and love that they don't find elsewhere in the world. See, let them see in you a commitment to holiness and to living right. Model for them who Jesus is. Bless them through the course of this year. Now, I'm going to give you that card. And I'm going to talk about that card every week until you are absolutely sick of hearing about it. You are going to hear about that every week through the rest of the spring. There's going to be posters in the lobby with more cards in them. So if you lose one, you can take another one. If somebody joins us for the first time, they can take one and join in on it. This is going to be the word of the year. The word of 2023 is blessings. And we are going to seek to use our lives to be a blessing for others. Because we are coming out of a season in the history of our world where people are exhausted and lethargic and depressed. The surest way to find peace in this life is to live life for Jesus and to let his love flow through you. Your life will be blessed and you will be a blessing for others. Take that card and put it somewhere where you will see it every day. Put it on your car dashboard. Put it beside the bathroom sink. Put it on your computer at work. Put it inside your notebook at school. Read that card every day and go through those steps and pray for those people and seek for ways to creatively bless them and to lead them and to invite them. Your life will be blessed and you will be a blessing for others. What I'm trying to do is to, to paint a picture of a vision of what the Christian life is supposed to be all the time. We are supposed to be a blessed people whom God loves and who, whom he has called to himself. And then to allow him to flow through us. When you do that, the way you perceive your own life will change. You will stop measuring your life in numbers. You will stop measuring your life in the, the numbers in the bank account or the numbers on the spreadsheets at the office, or the numbers on the report card at school. You will stop measuring your life in the number of followers and friends you have. And you will start to measure your life in terms of stories. Stories of lives that have been touched and transformed and changed because your life was blessed and you were a blessing to them. Remember, the vision that I articulated at Christmas was by next Christmas, you have somebody sitting next to you on Sunday morning who was not there last Christmas because your life has touched theirs. When you do that, God will set you free from so much anxiety in this life. Jesus tells us, don't worry. And he promises us, if you follow me, my burden is light. He wants us to live a life that is free from stress, where we wake up in the morning lighthearted because we didn't miss it when God walked among us, because we didn't miss it when the sower came by and sowed seed. We received it as good soil and sunk down roots and let it grow and produce a crop. When we live life on a mission for Jesus, life is changed. And that's not just the vision for a season or a year. That's a picture of what the Christian life is supposed to be. I want you to have a blessed life. And I want you to experience the beauty and the power and the love of God flowing through you and blessing everyone around you. That is my vision and my hope 
for your 2023. That is what I want for me, and that is what I want for you, and that is what Jesus wants for all of us. May we follow him with faith and confidence because he has overcome the world. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for taking care of us when we didn't deserve it, when we didn't love you, when we were in rebellion against you, you lived for us and you died for us. Thank you that by the power of your cross, we can be forgiven and start fresh. Jesus set us free to new life now. If there's anybody listening who's never taken that first step across that line, we, we do so now. And we say, Jesus, come into our lives. Take control of our lives. Lead us. Sink down deep roots in our hearts that when times of testing come, we won't be, we won't be plucked up. That when the desires and anxieties of the world push and pull on us, we'll stand strong. Jesus, we invite your Holy Spirit in. Bless us and baptize us. And then send us out in the world in your name and in love. Send us out to care for those who are lost and wandering and who don't yet know you. Jesus, make us the church. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Happy New Year. Go be the church. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Facebook or Instagram at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.